Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Sheila Wong. Sheila is a real estate investor located in San Diego, California, who specializes in flipping houses in the Bay Area. That sounds really amazing, right? Hey, Sheila, welcome to the show. Can you please walk through your experience and introduce yourself? Thank you, Brian, for the tremendous uh, introduction. I am flattered. Um, I think as, as people start to hear my name, uh, I am the one anomaly that is investing where everybody doesn't want to invest, mm-hmm. where everybody's moving into less expensive markets. I'm diving right in and, ex- mm-hmm. and, and uh, investing in a very expensive market and also from afar. So that sort that's, of leaves me. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> is it, <laughs> uh, thank you for using that adjective. That mm-hmm. I like that. So thank you. Um, but I have been investing uh, for seven years now, okay. and I started my own business when I had my daughter, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't want to go back to a nine-to-five job. Okay. I started my career as an architect, so I have my degree in that, and so it helped me tremendously succeed in this career mm-hmm. uh, with the construction knowledge, because I did work with clients on a one-on-one basis, building their dream million-dollar home. hmm so that propelled me to be far more successful, far more quickly than I think the norm of people who just dive in with zero experience. Wow, that's really crazy because most people I talk to here in the Bay Area, Bay Area were actually looking to invest into cheaper markets. And here you are in San Diego looking to invest in the Bay Area. Was there a reason why you decided to pick the Bay Area from San Diego? Why didn't you just focus on San Diego? So... Ironically, I am, and I think people are starting to know that I am actually Canadian, mm-hmm. um, and I had met my, unfortunately, ex-husband at this point now right in Australia, mm-hmm. and so he lived here, but my original goal a decade ago, because I have a good network of friends that live in the Bay Area, was mm-hmm. to move to the Bay Area. Oh, wow. So while I was traveling for the 10 months I took to travel the world by myself, I had started building contacts mm-hmm. and started meeting people. Uh, and coincidentally, um, a mutual friend mm-hmm. had also left Canada, Calgary specifically, and went to Silicon Valley to start a new job. And he actually connected me with my, my mentor, John Paiva, um, at the time. And so mm-hmm. I had been to the Bay Area you know, more than a dozen times. I was very mm-hmm. familiar with it. This is where I was going to start my new life. And then life happens. You, I met somebody else, and then he lived in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So while that train was in its trajectory, it was just easier. And I'm not sure if easier is the right word. <laughs> but I had already started building inroads in that respect. Okay. And I was very familiar with it, mm-hmm. the city, um, and so forth. And so it was a good opportunity, and opportunities presented themselves. And I just... Mm-hmm jumped right in. There was no touching, pointing your toe in and feeling the water. (laughs) It was built and I was anxious and I was excited. So I just ran with it. 
Wow, that's that's really amazing to hear, to be honest. To be able to jump into the Bay Area market from down in San Diego and building the correct connections to do it. But I'm pretty sure like you had to overcome a lot of mental barriers yourself to be to be able to do it. Uh, for myself, when I invest out of state, I'm at first I'm very nervous because I can't see the property. It's all about building trust and relationships. Like, what kind of mental hurdles and barriers did you first encounter when you started investing, like from San Diego into the Bay Area? So I wouldn't necessarily say there were a ton of mental barriers, more so than there were physical barriers. Okay. Because what takes the fear out of uh, like for you to invest in another city, another state, is that you can't see mm-hmm. the project, you can't feel, you can't go into the room. Now, mm-hmm. this is where my experience kicks in because I have been working uh, designing floor plans and, and the like with clients for 15 years before I started this. Mm-hmm. I virtually can have someone send me a video. Wow walking through the door and I can already conceptualize the floor plan in mm-hmm. itself. So again, in that sense, I started with a foundation from another career. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you can say that I cheated, but drawing from my previous experiences, I didn't really mm-hmm. have the mental blocks um, yeah. in that sense of not being able to touch and feel and see because mm-hmm. I already had that experience to do so. Yeah. So the physical block was not being able to go and meet people um, and build those relationships on a consistent basis because mm. as I'm still learning, and I think even though we are so evolved in a in a decade with technology, you and I are doing a, a, an interview and you're in the Bay Area and I'm in San Diego, mm-hmm. people still value that person-to-person connection. Mm-hmm. So that was my, and has been my biggest barrier is to continue building these relationships because trust is built in a face-to-face yes. interaction. And mm-hmm. so it's been difficult for me to build that face-to-face trust while balancing my life and my daughter here mm-hmm. in San Diego and then getting on a plane and flying to go to work all day. really, really insane. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, so the physical barrier was more my, um, you know, my hurdle as opposed to a mental barrier, just because Uh I previously had also invested in, in buy and hold. So I had Mm -hmm. rental properties already. So I had seen what that side of it looks like dealing with a property manager Mm -hmm. uh, and, or dealing with it myself. I worked in an industry where you deal with clients, and so I learned to mm-hmm. read people very well and understand, um, you know, take yeah. body cues and language as to who you can trust and who you can't trust. Wow! Um, and then, amazing. and then, really, I think the mental aspect of it is that you know, um, really switching from the negative to the positive. In mm-hmm. that, instead of being scared. Mm-hmm. know that you're going to make mistakes and in mm-hmm. life and I'm still learning mm-hmm. that it's not about the mistakes it's about how quickly you can bounce back exactly how quickly you can build resiliency and mm-hmm. reach in your toolbox from what you've learned mm-hmm. and say I need this hammer this screwdriver for this mm-hmm. and now instead of taking three months to overcome this mental hurdle of being sad angry frustrated whatever the case is yeah 
taken me three days and I've learned my lesson. So it's about, right. So it's not about doting on the mistakes because we are human mm-hmm. and we will always make mistakes. That's human nature. And yeah. there's no, I don't know if you found the Bible, but there is no Bible to tell you how, if you live this way precisely mm-hmm. to a T that your life will be perfect and unicorns and rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. That's so, all. I like that a lot. Cause it links a lot to the growth mindset, you know? The, right. The growth mindset, you're always looking things in a positive light and you never really lose, to be honest. You just get smarter. Absolutely. You know? It doesn't matter yes. if you lose money and time because in the future, like you become a much better investor, much better person. And little right. things like this don't bother you anymore. And now you think bigger. That's yes. The, that's the biggest thing. You think right. bigger. You got it. Right, yeah. The nail on the head, exactly. It's a growth mindset. Always, always live to learn and always live to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you become better than you were yesterday. And it's not a competition mm-hmm. with someone else. It's always a competition within yourself. And if you can remember that, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, you will always grow and succeed. Definitely agree. Your competition is yourself. And, you know, there's no one, everyone moves life at a different pace. You don't know what people are going through, you know, what kind of advantages they have. All you can do is look, look at yourself and make sure that you're better than you were yesterday. Absolutely. And I, and, and I have recently discovered that my superpower is compassion. Mm-hmm. So I think um, looking through the lens of compassion is always tremendous for yes. whoever you work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any capacity and also having compassion for yourself mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to make mistakes and not being hard on yourself and, and moving to the next step instead of stagnating and dwelling mm-hmm. in the mistake you made. Yeah. I can see why you're so successful now. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Hey, Sheila, to get a little bit more, inf- like more information on your background, um, can you kind of walk us through your first deal? How did you find it? How did you vet your contractors? How did you fund it? Um, what kind of process did you go through, especially investing from San Diego to the Bay Area? So a lot of my first deals, if you will, my mentor helped me through. Okay. So uh, invaluable to have someone that has been doing it for a while. He's wildly successful, um, and I have so much respect for him. Mm-hmm. Um, in all respects. So he had, I'd found my own deal through networking with agents, okay. through networking with wholesalers, mm-hmm. um, to talking to people in general. Um, so I spent a lot of time on my phone, but he had walked me through the entire process. So wow. he allowed me to use some of his credibility for his, his hard money lenders. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't paying through the roof, you know, 15% and seven points, yeah. you know, it was still expensive, but 15% seven points. Well, what, I wasn't paying that, but I know people <laughs> at some point have paid tremendous amounts of money yeah. to get a hard money lender. Mm-hmm. So he helped me leverage that. It wasn't what he was getting, but mm-hmm. you know, when you have someone that vouches for you and says, I'm also going to make sure that they don't fail. Mm-hmm. Lenders tend to, to yeah. lend based on credibility. How did, you, how did you find your mentor? How did you approach him? Um, so basically, my friend from Calgary has mm-hmm. found out that we were doing the same program and he introduced us. Mm-hmm. And so I had simply given him a call and said, I, doing my regular networking, 
you know, I'm a new investor in this area. I would love to talk to you, love to be able to pick your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has just been tremendous in giving um, at that time. And, you wow. know, that was one of the things that he missed from his nine to five job is mentoring mm-hmm. staff and mentoring other colleagues and so forth. And he said, I'm happy to help you. This mm-hmm. is this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and he's taught me the same to give back and to want to help people. Yeah. And, you know, that has really come to a forefront in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was just a simple conversation. You know, there's no um, there's mental hurdle to overcome. Like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, he's this amazing person. Is he yeah. going to talk to me? You just simply ask the question. Like, I'd love to have you help. Mm-hmm. What capacity does it look? does it work for you? Mm-hmm. And you kind of platform from there. Does it work for me? Does it, his time work? And, you know, and thankfully I met a tremendous giving person and mm-hmm. not everyone unfortunately is that way, but you just got to keep asking and finding and meeting the people that have the same value. But Definitely. he helped me through credibility to work with hard money lenders. Mm-hmm. You know, he shared all his contacts. Um, I would go to, have several contractors come and interview, but mm-hmm. he would be there with me. Okay. He would direct me. He would, you know, I would be able to lead the conversation mm-hmm. um, with the contractor, but then, you know, he would give me the nudge. Did you ask this? Do you remember this? And so he really held my hand and spoon fed me for my mm-hmm. first couple of projects. Okay. Um, and that is tremendous. When you have mm-hmm. somebody who can run you through the entire process from, yeah start to finish and all the questions in between that were able to be answered. Mm-hmm. I mean, that gives you such a bigger leg up than in theory, you read through a book of what to do and now you got to try to put it into practice. Definitely. That sounds a lot better than how I got started. <laughs> <laughs> I got started by letting money to this person I met on bigger pockets and only met him for less than 24 hours. I was desperate for experience. So I, didn't, I didn't really have anyone to handhold me. But listening to your story is very inspirational. Because if I were to join real estate at this time, I would definitely ask you to handhold me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Brian, I happen to have a couple of openings available. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll talk more after the show. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so continue back. Um, so, you know, you found your first deal through networking and meeting real estate agents. And you have a mentor that, helped um, walk you through to, you know, getting hard money and contractor bids. Um, can you kind of walk us through like the location of the property and what numbers are, are you looking at? What kind of mistakes do you make? Like, we'll start from there. Um, so you're going to have to uh, bear with me because I don't have all the details off the okay. top of my head. But it was in San Jose area. Wow. Um, and so, again, sort of, in that niche area of where I work and the numbers were initially pretty phenomenal mm-hmm. um, in making 250. Wow. Geez. What year was this? Oh boy. This was a uh, six years ago. Six years ago. Okay. So about 2013. Right. Okay. Um, and so it, it was big numbers and I mm-hmm. think my mentor purposely made sure that they were big numbers so that mm-hmm. when I messed up, which I did, mm-hmm. my margin was much smaller. Yeah. 
um, okay. maybe even half that if at mm-hmm. the end of the day, because I did make so many mistakes and he would step in when it got catastrophic, mm-hmm. um, you know, with contractors not showing up and things like that and not doing their work, which is, I think a struggle with mm-hmm. every investor. Yep. Um, but you know, I ended up making a little under six figures on that one when it was supposed to be, you know, double that amount, if not more. Yeah. So there was definitely a lot of mistakes that I made in mm-hmm. communication to the contractor, in timelines, in not being firm enough, not having the right systems in place. Mm-hmm. It really was, I jumped in the deep end and I didn't know how to swim and all I could mm-hmm. do was tread water. And so mm-hmm. I learned how to swim really quickly. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, um, did you have... So when you mentioned that you have, you know, now now do you have more systems in place? Do you have like a certain system that you use to pay off your contractors? Do you give them, do you give them all the money up front? Do you give them all like money at different phases of the rehab? Or how do you how do you keep them motivated from so far away? Because I know a lot of people just take advantage of the fact that you're in San Diego. They be like, oh, uh, what does she know? You know, she's out, she's down there. So how do you keep them accountable? Do you have like a reward system where you finish this phase early? I'll pay you extra money or how does it work for you? Yes. So that has helped me tremendously. And not only that I am far away, I think another hurdle that I have personally over had to overcome is, as you know, real estate is very male dominated. So, mm-hmm. um, and if you haven't met me in person, I'm five feet tall. <laughs> um, so I don't hold a tremendous... Um, I don't have a tremendous presence, if you will, in Mm -hmm. that sense. So very often they will overlook that I have any knowledge or that she doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. She's just, she's just a young child. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've had to overcome that as well. But how you implement uh, strategies to make that relationship relationship successful is Mm -hmm. exactly as you mentioned, putting in bonuses, putting in penalties putting in um, markers. So I don't necessarily have a specific timeline. I allow my contractor to give me a timeline. Mm -hmm. So realistically, they're going to cushion it. So I'm going to come back and say, okay, well, maybe you don't need seven months to complete this. Mm -hmm. Realistically, you can do it in six. Mm -hmm. So I push them a little bit to tighten up their timeline because they're always going to come back and especially with any sort of penalty and bonus in place, yeah, they're going to want to give themselves cushion. And the mm-hmm. key is also not to mention your penalty or bonus until the end of the conversation. That's interesting. I talked to some investors that mentioned it before, so they make it clear. But now you mentioned to mention it at the very end. So that's interesting to me. And so I like to mention it at the end so that it doesn't plant the seed in their head because mm-hmm. – when people hear penalty and mm-hmm. bonus, penalty strikes a bigger impact. Okay. Um, because if you've been investing, I, I've yet to really have that many contractors be done much faster than done mm-hmm. slower. So I find when they, you don't mention the penalty or the bonus, they're a little more honest with the timelines. Mm-hmm. So you know that they're not adding an extra cushion. That's true. Or they're not trying to hit the bonus and say, "I can do it in three weeks," when really mm-hmm. it's going to take eight weeks. 
Um, so you don't give them that, you don't plant that seed of they can do better and mm-hmm. they can embellish themselves or they can do put a cushion to mm-hmm. cover their butts. So I like to mention on the backside because then it's a bonus. It's a yeah. like, hey, thank you for being honest. And now if you can do it faster, you can get more money. <laughs> but if you do it longer, you owe me money. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that being said, how do you get, do you, do you have like a, a deal with your contractor where you paid them for the labor and material or do you get the, the material separately and then pay for contractor labor? So I've done both and I personally do not prefer um, time and materials. Okay. Just because um, nobody's really accurate on that. And mm-hmm. then very often with contractors, with I think with anybody, not just contractors on a whole, if they're not on a set time limit, they're going to maybe take extra time to do things and they're mm-hmm. going to maybe charge you extra hours, which again is a you can't be on the job site and monitor every single hour that they've worked. Yeah. You have to have that wholehearted trust with your contractor. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've worked with your contractor through 10, 15 deals, that's great. You have Mm -hmm. that trust. But if you're just meeting a contractor and testing the waters for the first time, you know, we are as human beings uh, willing to have hope and think the best and optimism in people, mm-hmm. but that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. So to protect yourself, it's hard to release that trust. Yeah. And and just allow them to mm-hmm. be honest with their time, um, with their materials. So what mm-hmm. I typically tend to gravitate towards is give me a price for everything. Mm-hmm. That's give good. Me your, give me your final price yeah. so that I can also budget. Mm-hmm. And no, and then um, for me to manage my project and my overhead and everything else, I can see the mm-hmm. whole picture up front as opposed to, well, he told me materials was $25,000, but now it's $60,000. Mm-hmm. That tends to happen quite frequently. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so my mindset is that's fine if you want to add extra 5 to 10% on the materials so yeah. you can make money. Uh-huh. But then I know, so then I can go back and say, okay, this is my construction. I need to now buy this home at this price for it to work for me. Okay. Wow. I mean, your system sounds like there's a lot of trust going on. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool. With that much trust going on and without actually meeting the contractors that frequently face-to-face, how do you vet for your contractors? Um, a lot of vetting is um, still goes back to meeting someone in person and okay. getting their vibe and feeling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you can often tell when people are elaborating or telling stories or yeah. trying to make themselves feel like more than they actually are. And mm-hmm. you can see a lot of that stuff up front yeah. in person. And so you, and you ask all the right questions and that is really what real estate is about. It's not Mm -hmm. about knowing, it's about making the best educated decision at the time you have right then and there. Yeah. With that being said, like, I really feel like how you feel inside is how you project outside. And it's pretty, it's pretty easy to read people in that sense. Whereas like, if you're insecure, you're going to say everything Every other sentence can be like insecurity type of meaning, you know? 
you're just honest is pretty easy to pick up on that too. Yes. Yeah. It's your soft skills, your EQ that plays a lot more in investing than you really think it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it just still boils down to in a world of technology, it still boils down to Mm one-on-one conversations and interactions and meeting people and feeling them out and so forth. Uh, and of course, there's just also asking the right pointed questions. Mm-hmm. How many people do you have working for you? How many jobs are you working on cu- currently? How many jobs do you feel you can work on at one mm-hmm. time? What do you have in your pipeline? Is this a good fit for you? Is this a good fit for me? Yeah. So while you get that initial feeling, the warm and fuzzies, I call it, you also mm-hmm. need to ask the right questions of your contractor, of what they have, what their scope of work is what they're capable, what they feel they're capable of, mm-hmm. um, you know, what their skill set of people are and how mm-hmm. long you've had your team. You know, all these questions will also point you in the right direction to also understand whether they're telling you the truth or mm-hmm. if they're just telling you what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I tend to talk to contractors who don't work more than like six projects or if if they work more than six projects, I always ask them where your project is located. And they mentioned three in San Francisco, two in San Jose, two in Sunnyvale. I'm like, ah, it's too spread out, you know? Right. Like seven or eight in Oakland or something, then I'm more confident that I'm this is the right guy for me. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. So let's let's jump in more towards your mindset. I'm a little bit curious. So how does Sheila, stay motivated. What is your why, Sheila? You know, you don't want me asking. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody's why is different mm-hmm. uh, at different points in their life. And my biggest and only reason why is my daughter. Um, when you become a parent, mm-hmm. you really do understand that your children are everything. And you do, as a parent, want to provide everything for your child, whether it's monetary love, you know, all Mm -hmm. experiences, all of the above, you want to give your child everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that looks different for everybody, right? For every parent, for every child, everybody needs different things. But she is my reason why. Mm -hmm. She is my driving factor because, um, you know, as having immigrant parents myself, they Mm -hmm. they struggled and they worked really hard. They worked their butts off so that I could Mm -hmm. have the, the stuff I had growing up. Mm-hmm. And we were not affluent growing up by any means. Yeah. So it helped me change my mindset that, okay, I was given the opportunity to move to a country where I can get post-secondary education mm-hmm. and learn more things. Now I can provide a better life for my daughter. You know, we mm-hmm. don't have to be living in a one-bedroom basement with a family of five. Like we can, you know, have more space. We can do more things. We can go on trips. We can, you know... And the, the motivating factor there is because you are so responsible for this one person Yeah. Um, that being a parent, your you know, unconditional love and mm-hmm. giving them all that you want is really what drives me. Yeah. And the the day. I love it. It's very similar, similar to my why. So I, I don't have a kid yet. Uh, <laughs> there's a crazy story about me. I started buying to uh, bonds when I was 19. That expires in twenty to twenty-five, or, or it matures in 20, 20 to twenty-five years. And people always ask me why I did that. I said I want to make sure by the time I'm ready to have kids, I get paid out. 
And that was my why too. Like I wanted to provide for my future family, even though I was only 18, 19. And that's, that's my reason of thinking, you know, I was trying to think as far ahead as possible. You right. Know, uh, and that's tremendous that you were mm-hmm. able to at 18. Cause I know I'd, when I was 18, I was certainly was not thinking about these things, mm-hmm. but that's a, a tremendous kudos to yourself to yeah. put those in place for your future self, which very is very similar to your family. Like my parents are immigrants. They, they were refugees from Vietnam. They escaped the war. They didn't have any money. So growing up, I was very limited in every single thing possible, you know, clothes, money, game, whatever. And that really inspired me to think about what kind of life do I want for my kids? You know, like I want my kids to be well, well travel. You know, I want them to not miss out any experience experiences. Like I just want to provide for them as much as I could. And that's also the reason why I got into real estate because I felt it. I felt real estate as a safe and comfortable vehicle to provide for the things that I want to provide for. Given the fact that I don't have kids yet, but I will. Probably soon. <laughs> but I, I love I love your wise. It's really relatable to me. Good. I'm glad. Is there a secret that you need to tell us soon? But that's tremendous. But those are tremendous accolades, and you should be super proud of yourself that you discovered that at such a young age because mm-hmm. I am now in my forties. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know, hitting these milestones, I started my family later in life. And, it, you mm-hmm. know, I spent my 20s, like every college, college uh, person mm-hmm. doing crazy things. <laughs> and so you should be tremendously proud that you have gotten to that place already to put and implement all of those things mm-hmm. for your future children. So they are very lucky. Great. Thank you, Sheila. I appreciate the kind words. And Sheila, do you have any morning routines that you follow? Where you're like, oh, I need to wake up and I need to do this and that and make sure I meditate for a bit and do some affirmation. Do you have a morning? Oh, oh boy. So <laughs> I am not a morning person. <laughs> Afternoon routine. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. It's more like a nighttime routine. I am a night owl and I have mm. had insomnia for uh, since as long as I can remember. So there'll be mm. weeks and nights where I don't actually sleep. Um, so mornings are difficult because I typically have my daughter 80% of the time. And so mornings are really just make waking her up, getting her to school, mm-hmm. getting uh, that routine in place. So it's really limited um, because I generally don't get a ton of sleep to get up and really jump out of my bed and, and, yeah. and whatnot. But the one thing that I always try to remember mm-hmm. the minute I open my eyes is that I say – and I feel gratitude for my mm-hmm. day. So I do try, and I do fall off sometimes uh, mm-hmm. with that, but I do try to wake up and say visually, whether I say it in my mind or whether I say it out loud, I say thank mm-hmm. you for this new day and mm-hmm. the great things that are going to happen. I love it. And so it's just that regular mantra of putting it out. I'm a big believer in energy. Uh, I'm not religious in that sense. And you know, my good friend calls me a backsliding Buddhist um, because I don't go to the temple, but I do believe in the (laughs) philosophies of learning and growing until, you know, the day you die. But just also putting that energy out there to say, thank you for another day. Thank Mm -hmm. you for a new empty, fresh board to, to do whatever today brings, whether Mm -hmm. it good or bad. Uh, And not every day is good. Like it's inhuman Uh to have, 
amazing days every single day, but it helps me set the right mindset. Yeah. Mindset's super important. You're right. I think mindset is the biggest key in all components of life. Mm -hmm. And it's just changing that perspective that really brings you in the right direction. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I I mean, it's it's pretty funny that you mentioned that you're, you know, a night owl and you do all these things at night. Cuz so I, I was talking to uh, Scott Athers, the founder of founder of Athers Ice Cream, the chain. And he was like, "Yeah, I don't know why everyone mentioned that they have a good morning routine. I'm a night owl. I do everything at night." <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then to see someone that successful mention that, you know, all his routines at night. To me, it's it's more important that, that you have a routine like some sort of affirmation that you follow. I don't think that it necessarily matters that you do the end of the day or the end of the day as long as you do it. Right. Absolutely. And that is key. And I think um, it's, it's easy for everyone to say morning routine because, you know, or the early bird gets a worm, so forth and Mm -hmm. whatnot, because um, it's a, a, a way to cohesively say everyone should do this. And if you do this, it's going to work. But yeah. realistically, there's going to be people like myself who swim against the tide. Yeah. Um, yeah no no one-size-fit-all. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. that's exactly as you said. As long as you do it, whether it the morning, the afternoon, or night, so long as you're doing and following mm-hmm. and, and routinely doing, then yeah. that's where you should be. I think one of the hidden benefits of doing that is that it keeps you subconsciously accountable for your goal and for yourself. Right. Yeah. And that goes a long way. Your business, your mindset, yourself, your well-being, it all links back to your accountability. Are you disciplined enough to work towards your goals? That's the most important part. Yes, absolutely. And I I will also add that, you know, I hear a lot of, um, in order to succeed, your whole life needs to be whatever it is you want to learn in. So in real estate, you know, you've got to live, breathe, eat real estate. Whereas I am, again, not necessarily of the same mindset, mm-hmm. um, where a big part of my life is real estate. You know, I, you, you portion off time and time block. Yeah. An hour a day, I will learn new things about real estate. An hour a day, I will call my current contacts and, and, you know, you have that routine, but for me, life is about balance. Life Mm -hmm. is about, uh, and why I got into real estate Mm -hmm. and you do initially have to work your butt off to Mm -hmm. learn and do all the things and build. But for me, balance is key to life, whatever that looks like for you. But I work out four times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and my goal right now, because my daughter is young is to Mm -hmm be able to drop her off, be able to pick her up, be able to section off 5.30 to 7.30 that we spend dinner together. We talk, Mm -hmm. we do homework and we do bedtime, you know, and for me, um, it's okay to enjoy life. I mean, you want to be successful, but everybody's success looks different. And I don't think that going over the deep end and living, breathing, eating Mm -hmm. real estate all the time is Mm -hmm. necessarily healthy because there's so many other facets to your life, like relationships. One thing is bad. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what I think uh, my own mantra is, is that, you know, as long as you do everything mm-hmm. and, a, and a little bit of everything and balance is key. Yeah. Sounds, that sounds really good. That's some good life advice for myself as well. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
live, breathe, and eat real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Think about all the time. <laughs> and that's that's all right too, because sometimes you know, if that's what you need to propel yourself to the next level, uh-huh. just remember to breathe at one point three years from now and say, "Hey, remember that my reason of why I wanted to." have a family and build it, I, I should probably go and I don't know if you have a girlfriend, but go meet someone, go build mm-hmm. those relationships, go build that community of people mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, definitely. Um, I know earlier before we started the show that you mentioned that you have a coaching program. Can you tell our viewers about your coaching program so we can get them interested? Yes, that would be great. Thank you very much for mentioning that. Um, I am in the cusp of really rebranding myself or branding myself um, and getting all the marketing tools in place. Uh, it's very exciting for me. I just met with uh, a, you know, a colleague who does branding. We're doing photo shoots. We're you know, doing all the like. And so mm-hmm. I have finally discovered in subliminal throughout my life, people had, <laughs> right, people had always come to me asking for help. Uh-huh. in whatever capacity that looked like, whether they were having a difficult time in their life. And these were generally not only my close friends, but people like colleagues that we would probably not hang out after work yeah. or have any sort of interactions with, but they felt comfortable enough to mm-hmm. share to me their deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. Um, and I would help them through it, whether mm-hmm. it was like, we have nothing in common, but I'm going to hang out at home and watch a movie or I'm going out with here with my friends come mm-hmm. with me because you're going through a difficult time in your life mm-hmm. or, you know, just through listening. Uh, and that has always been present in my life and I never understood why it was mm-hmm. and, and why people kept coming to ask me for help or advice or whatnot. And it finally mm-hmm. dawned on me now that I went into real estate and I'd been mentoring for free mm-hmm. for quite some time um, now that that is really my passion is to help people is, mm-hmm. is to share my story, to share my experiences and really help someone not have to go through mm-hmm. those experiences. Um, you know, if, if I can share my hardship through uh, what tools I use when my mother passed away mm-hmm. and I, it can, I can help you overcome that, not necessarily overcome your hurt, but, to, to mm-hmm. feel okay or better with it, mm-hmm. then that makes me happy. That makes me, you know, have a more of a purpose in life. And so real estate has been sort of my segue into mentorship, but I do eventually want to be full-time motivational speaker mm-hmm. um, to help in all aspects. Okay. And so right now is a perfect time to call me because you will get an amazing deal. Mm -hmm. I've been doing research um, in what other people are charging and prices, and I'm just flabbergasted for what people are paying uh, Mm -hmm. for what they're getting. And so right now is an ideal time because I'm starting my business to get in, um, you know, and and take um, and have my expertise to help you through the mindset, to help you through the real estate or personal goals or personal challenges mm-hmm. uh, to really get that get, get going in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just had my first 
random coaching call this morning. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It was tremendous. It's, mm. it's been so exciting. Uh, and, she, you know, I'm offering an amazing deal of nominal. And I, and I understand my time is worth more. Mm -hmm. But again, just like real estate, you take the not so great deals because you're starting and you're building that credibility. And so mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. And it's a tremendous opportunity to get in some coaching with myself now mm -hmm. so I can build my credibility because I know um, with the mindset I've had mm -hmm. in real estate that my coaching and motivational portion of my new business will take off tremendously. Yeah, um, I agree. Unfortunately, prices will go up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I uh, refer my friends to you before prices come up. <laughs> yes, yes. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, Sheila, as we're approaching the end of the show, I usually end it with... Um, if you can start your real estate career all over again, what would you do differently? So that's always a good question, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, and this is similar to the, what would you tell your 16-year-old self? Mm -hmm. And I've put a lot of thought into this question um, often. And I think I wouldn't change a thing. Wow. I like that. Because you have to get to a place um, to who you are. And I fully firmly believe you will get to that place regardless if you choose route A or B. Mm -hmm. um, and giving yourself tips may avert you from making those mistakes that you mm -hmm. learned and growed from Agreed. to become who you are. I like so that. I, so I think that to what I, I wouldn't change a thing because I learned I had to go through those hard lessons. Mm -hmm. I had to have those amazing successes. I mm -hmm. had to have that roller coaster to finally come to a place where I am successful, to finally have learned, finally be able to share mm -hmm. and do and hit the stride where I am at. Because without those experiences, I might not have learned that, hey, you know, you should not just pay your contractor 150 grand and hope he finishes. Dang it. You should have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask me now next time. <laughs> but I think um, there is, you know, you can find ways to quote unquote cheat and give yourself tips on what to do and not to do. But mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, you're going to be where you're going to be regardless if you take one road or another. But mm -hmm. um, take the road, hard or easy and be proud and confident and mm -hmm. value who you are and where you've come. Mm -hmm. And somebody will find value in your story and you'll be able to offer value to somebody mm -hmm. else. I like that. It's almost like you can't connect the dots going forward. You only can connect the dots going backwards. And that's exactly what you did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that a lot. I guess we have one more question. Sheila, what's your favorite book? Um, that's a good question. I have a lot of favorite books. Mm -hmm. Um, some of my favorite books have nothing to do with real estate, but Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. That's, um, that was a good author. Yeah. It's some of his books are really thought provoking, I think, mm -hmm. which is helpful in all aspects. Um, of course, seven habits of highly effective people is a, mm -hmm. is a good one that I've always gone back to, mm -hmm. um, you know, in my, uh, my mantra, Stephen Covey, is mm -hmm. seek to understand before being understood. True. Is my all-time favorite. <clears throat> so those are my my personal all-time favorites, but there are 
tremendous books out there to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Kiyosaki is amazing as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and all those ones, okay. I think, are tremendous. Great. Thank you, Sheila. Hey, Sheila, how can our listeners find out more about you? You can send me an email at Sheila at M-A-N-D-S Homes, C-A dot com. I know that's a mouthful. (laughs) You can also contact me at 619-888-5008. So I want to throw that out there and hopefully we don't get weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) I'll also include that in the show notes as well. Wonderful. Thank you, Sheila, for taking the time to uh, be in the podcast. I appreciate it. And hopefully our listeners gain a lot of value from listening to this podcast. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, Brian, for having me on your show. I, it's, uh, I'm honored to be on your show and as your guest. And I wish you all the success. Um, and, of course, any questions you have, please awesome. let me know. Will do. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Brian. All right.